much to Ross. We simply says this. All of our loved ones and closest were to come tonight before you and I. You can hear the gospel and you don't feel anything, then you are in your most dangerous position. Hey y'all, come gather round and I'll tell the tale of Maker's Mound Here stands a warning to a man Don't ever dare to raise your hand Against the one from o'er the sea Made everything we'll ever be Here lies Ford, what's left to him Is buried in the alkaline Jim was born in 24 and he worked the farm till he was poor Then struck out for the golden land, King James Bible in his hand Gonna tell the tale to all the folks, keep them all from going broke The good Lord helps a righteous man, just drop y'all nickels in the pan the Good word spread and he earned his bread, it traveled across the great Midwest Giving sermons in a tent The latest call him heaven sent He could drive the devils underground Could pull the rain down from the clouds and Never was a heresy When Jimmy took the stage to speak Brother Ford Leviticus had been out in the underbrush He'd walked the desert 40 days Gone out searching for the flame And heard it burned old Moses' salt He took his dogs and set a watch Come home blinded and half lame Nothing left but for his name The folks was telling Brother Ford About the man who had the words Coming to their little town Revival at the Maker's Mound Preacher Jim, they said to him, can make the wicked pure again. Slinging that divining rod, he is sure the right hand man of God. Set aside his traveling case Now what I got here, said to them The answer to the wicked man Well I know he's waiting in his place So let him come up toward the stage Now look around, good people of the town That God forgot to love For the one among you stands within the circle Of the devil's kin Though blind was he, he could hear the preacher's words and see that he was just a charlatan, not the man he claimed to be. He stood up on his bamboo cane and let his voice out to exclaim, Go the back from whence you came, like know your other name. Now preacher Jim threw back his head and laughed until his face was red. He said, Oh man, you proselyte, we never met before tonight, like it. Read it on your face and see that you've been stricken lame. Wherefore you've been seeking out the holy fire God. Now Brother Ford opened his eyes, the pupils dead and faded white. He said, I walked among the wolves, the coyotes, and the tumblewood. I've seen the burning bramble tree, and I heard the voice of God to speak. Told me there's a sinfulness can never be undone.
was quiet as a grave and wind was blowing out of stave and town folk all were still as dirt and preacher Jim took off his shirt he indicated on his chest a bloody wound was never dressed in the place where was his heart was darkness and nothing more Now brother Ford Leviticus is given unto wickedness and anyone can plainly see the sacrifice that I have made for thee. Now God has brought him from the sands and here before you Ford does stand a symbol of your greatest sins arise, tear him limb from limb. That's the real question. So, this is your host, Alan, and welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. And we're about to go off the deep end. Dun, dun, dun! Got Big, got big John here with me. What's up, guys? How's it going? And tonight, we're going to focus on some alien-type things. Aliens, man... I got a little bad news on the alien front, and it really hurt my feelings for a while. Lay it up. Dude, you know, Edward Snowden, well-known whistleblower. Okay, and just for those listening, if they're unfamiliar with him, who is Snowden? He, uh, he leaked a whole bunch of information that the U.S. government was spying on citizens, and that... You know, just a, a bunch of shady, underhanded things that the government was doing. Okay, so right off the bat, what is he good at blowing whistles on? Intelligence and, like, counterintelligence and communications. What kind of intelligence? Communication. Communications. Between who? The U.S. people and just people in general. General public. And now he's trying to whistleblow... Alien intelligence. And see, that's, that's, what, that's what gave me a little, you know, maybe it's not all downhill. He said there's not aliens. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine. She has a very important job in the okay. Air Force. Okay. She works at a, at a base outside of Las Vegas. And I was talking to her about it. I'm like, you know, we talked about this. When you when we work together, that if you found that aliens were actual facts, you have to tell me security clearance aside and everything. This is the thing. We uh we pinky promised. Yeah. We we said we was gonna do this. Yeah. And so like, you you were you have to tell me if you find out aliens actually exist. And so for everyone out there Area 51 is not even the place. It's, it's not even a real... It's like a testing facility. It's, it's you know, they do have some, some new technology there, but it's only where they test it. They're not building it there. There are... Like, in the Bob Lazar documentary we watched mm-hmm. way back mm-hmm. on Off the Deep End. You know, okay. we talked about that on Off the Deep End. Yep. That base is out there. Well, it's not even a base. It's a business. It's a private business around the testing facility that is Area 51. The base my friend works at, which is actually a military base. Where it happens. Where there is 
actual tests. We can't say any names because I don't, I don't want to say. But it's it's about an hour north of uh, Las Vegas. Okay. So that's, that's good the, enough for me. On the west side of Death Valley. Okay. And um, so not even around Area Fifty One. About three hours away, three hours north. And she says that who is Snowden to say that there's aliens or not? He deals with uh, spying and counterintelligence. I'm like, so you're basically telling me that there are aliens. She's like, I just said he has no authority to say whether there is or not. Can neither I can neither confirm or deny. So basically. That gave me back hope in the existence of aliens, and I was like, God, I've done so much research and looked, watched so many videos, and I'm like, all this, all this shit was wasted? Yeah. And then she's like, eh, dude, he has no idea what he's talking about. And I'll take her word over any, any because other Because Snowden word. is an authority. Yeah. No, he, 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 he he's worked the for the authority. NSA. Yeah. Like on things of this nature, like we said, he is an expert in communication. Yeah, basically communication terrorism and uh, spying and how, like he's part of what's going on right now. But so like not to throw any shade at him, but once again. He did do great things. Once again. Once again, but who is he the authority to be over this? He's not over this. He is not. He has no, 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 this not even anywhere close to the NSA's realm. At all. And so, just to go to his realm, and like, we haven't done this, and it's just fun, man. Because I think it's always blatantly obvious. When you get on your social media, like, let's just say tonight, we spend all our time talking about aliens. Yeah. You know when I pull up my social media, what's going to prompt? You're going to see some some article about aliens or... Or there's going to be some kind of memorabilia or some yeah. kind of merchandise. See Area 51. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to see it. And it's, so, I mean, the fact that my smart devices listen to me is well known to me. Yeah, oh no, they listen to us all the time. Like, But the thing about it, like, what's crazy to me is like people get freaked out. And it's like, I don't want the government to hear what I'm talking about. It's like... Do you oh, know? I'm one of those cats, man. Is it hear me? There, it's it's trigger words, man. Like, really, do you think that what we're talking about is so interesting to them that they're gonna just like, yeah, we need to be paying attention, right? Yeah. Now. Well, I mean, hopefully they are. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're doing some groundbreaking shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, Come on, you out. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, generally they're not. They're they're here. They're not here to hear about me and you talking about. Some band we were listening to earlier. They don't give a shit about that. What yeah. they give a shit about is they have their, their specified group. Now, if you so happen to be in that geocached area okay. of a specified group, yes, they are listening to me and you talking about what band we like. They're yeah. absolutely listening to that. Because yeah. it's location specified. They do a sweep. Mm-hmm. And, and see if, what's going on there. If you're in that sweep, yes, they are hearing whatever you're talking about crazy right that's crazy shit but we all know that yeah it's common knowledge now that they do that shit and like as soon as uh what is it this new uh cell phone signal the 5g cell phone signal uh-huh. that's just gonna make it even easier with that kind of s- signal they will be able to pinpoint you within about 20 feet of where you're standing they know this. They're doing this to like help people buy these products that do this. <coughs> They're saying, yeah, with the 5G, we'll be able to keep your location within 20 feet of where you actually are. And that's what's crazy. It's good. Check this out. Like um, last night. Okay, guys, keep in mind this is a Sunday night. This episode will probably release tomorrow on a Monday night. And um, a week ago, dude, it was the last Saturday we were watching college football at the house. And we got this thing. I don't know if you noticed while we were at the house. It's like we had the paper football. Yeah, game. I saw. I was going to ask you, you about see, that. Did you see the paper footballs? Yeah. So like when we meet up there and like we're hanging out, we'll um, we'll have a, a friendly, and it's not friendly at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, nothing in college football in the South is friendly. We'll have a game of paper football over an overextended table, which is way too big for paper football. Yeah. We have special rules for it, but anyway, um, a phone was lost over it. 
And so um, right there between the living room and the kitchen, you know, you have that little like window. Yeah. The phone was posted up right there on the window. I got you. And it got pushed over. Okay. Phone got lost, and right there, since we had the tin roof on, you don't get service in my house yeah. unless you have a particular carrier. I'm not going to say which one. Yeah. But there are several who don't work there anymore. Yeah, I found out tonight. Okay, there we go. And so, um, when he put his trace to find my phone because it's an iPhone, yeah. Do you know where it traced his phone? The last place he was, or something. No. He hadn't even been there. This is what I'm telling you about how bad off tracking is sometimes. And this is like when I give people from out of town my address. Yeah. I was like, when I give people, I, look, I'm telling you, like, I was like, when you get into my area, you probably will not have service. I need you to call me when you get to Kennedy or Reform or Millport, and I need to walk you through. I need to meet you. Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, man, I got it. And I was like, I promise you, you don't. And this is an example because from where his phone was in my house, in the middle of my house, dude, it had him five miles down in a pasture on a, two different roads. Like, you would have to take two rights to get where his phone said it was. Ha. Well, see, that's like when I drove out to your house that time, we recorded out there. Yeah. Man, I'm like, I'm from here, dude, and I don't know where I am or where you're talking me, about. We're off, man. Out there in the sticks, man. And it's it's right off the road is the killer thing. Yeah, it's just right there. Right there. And that's what you told me when I was driving up. Oh, yeah, you know you know Kennedy and all that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I knew exactly where you're talking about. Mm, not your house. And my GPS, like you said, completely out. I'm telling you, do not trust it. No, you can't trust it. And that's go you can take this off the deep end. How how is it that if that's your cell phone, your smartphone, like him calling or you know, doing the find my phone app. Yeah. How how was it so far off when you knew the phone was there in the house? You're like, I know this phone is in this house. Why does the phone have to have service? To know where the phone is. Yeah. It's an inanimate object. Why? Why? And like, you know how you can't take the damn batteries out of the phone anymore. That that trips me out. That's something I didn't like, man. <coughs> when I got um, the phone before this one, that was the main thing that I liked about the type of phone I had was anything I needed to do, like repair-wise with the phone, I could do myself. If yeah. the battery was going dead, I could just get a new battery. If it was a SIM card, you could pop it out, take the battery out, get the SIM card right out. And now they make it sore, like, you have to take the screen off the phone, and everything's behind the screen. Yeah, dude, it's, they've made it so complicated that you can't even, you can't even try to imagine, even if you know kind of what you're doing. If you don't have the special tool, oh, yeah, man. you can't you can do it. it. You can forget it. And that just goes to... New technology and then... Which, I mean, you can't fault them. I mean, like, yeah, think well, about, like, Apple with this. is like, you can't get into them. You can't do anything with it. And then on top of that, just think about, like, okay, we're at iPhone 11 now. With yeah. iPhone 6 and 7 people, they can't even update their phones anymore to make it accessible to where they can actually run up to speed, which forces them to upgrade. Yeah, so you mess where uh, I think my mom's rocking, like, a iPhone 7. Yeah, and it's about to fall is, behind. Is, It'll lag up. You know, it doesn't get service. Yeah. It doesn't do right anymore. Why? They're trying to force you up. You got to buy a new phone. You got to buy that new phone. And that's like, you know, we. I was sitting there and I had to go do a broadcast when the new iPhone came out. And they're like, yeah, it's blah, blah, blah. All this nice stuff. Well, I went in there and I looked at it. I'm like, you know, this ain't real bad. I'm like, could I get an upgrade? Mm -hmm. Do I want to go to the dark side like you did? Yeah, I did. You did, and do you enjoy it? That's that's another question. It's better for what I'm trying to do. I guess it it does make everything a little more accessible. On which that's, I everything I do is through PC, so that makes Android. I mean, I, we're, for me. we're still doing this off of a PC, but like, think about like a long term, like with poor salt, what I'm trying to do, and like just with the music. Yeah. It's like um, I can open up pages on my iPhone 
And if I have an idea about a song, yeah, you just I can write a line. Yeah. And then when I get home, it's on my iPad, and I can finish the idea. And when I write out the lyrics on the iPad, like when I go out to the bar, if I want to have something in front of me to see it, I can put my iPad up, or I have my phone. Yeah. And everything is just right there. It's so accessible. And on top of that, like with future recordings and things, I can do it right off the phone on GarageBand, and it completely opens up the entire way that we do porch talk. It completely, yeah, it completely changed the it, whole game. It changes everything about the show. Yeah, we can bring in so many more dynamics, and that's why I swapped. Now I don't like see see if I had something like that. Yeah, I was I was looking and changing, but me just needing to like link in or like team view in. Android to PC works better for me. I mean, my name's Alan and I'm on PC, but man, like, and I could do all this with yeah. Android, and I yeah. could do all this with Windows, but but it, it it's, it's so much easier. And there's no there's no chance of intruders. And see, that's one thing is your you, the iPhone is, is so I'm getting off into like things that I'm wanting to encrypt and things that are I want copyrighted and things that I want to myself. And the thing, like, this is so crazy, man. This is off the deep end. We grew up, you remember, I mean, right when we hit our teenage years, the internet hit big. Yeah, we we saw the birth like, of the internet. But the thing about it was, like, when we were seven, eight years old, the internet was becoming a thing. Do you remember the back phone? Oh, yeah. Do you remember, like, technology, like, constantly advancing in front of our faces? And, like, when we were just getting into the things, man, it was, like... Things were moving so fast, but we were just so used to it because we just thought that's how it worked. Yeah, how like, it I remember, like, earliest was, like, playing Atari. Yeah. And then I remember, like, playing my grandfather at Mario and Duck Hunt on the Nintendo. Yeah. And, like, him talking mad trash like that dog did on Bird Hunt. And then it was Super Nintendo, and I was playing Donkey Kong with my dad. Yeah. And then, you know, like... And then it was PlayStation, and then Sega, and then, or, you know, Sega, then PlayStation, and Xbox versus PlayStation, and then Nintendo fell out, and yeah. like, on top of this, then we had bag phones, and then we had cell phones, the Nokia brick, and like, we're, we're here now, and we got like two of these, you're either Android or you're iPhone. iPhone, yeah. It's crazy, man. Like, but we're so used to it, and like, it's getting to a point now to where... Like, uh, I see it all the time, man. Like, just, like, with working the mall with yeah. Munson Brothers. It's like, you'll see the dad, and, like, thankfully, he's got, like, his daughter or his son with her, you know? Yeah. And he's like, how you do this? And he'll pull out his phone and be like, okay, that's how you do it. Yeah. Sure. It's like, it's a, you have to constantly adapt, it seems yeah. like, man. Yeah. That's that, but that's how technology goes. If you're not moving with the technology, you're getting left by it. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know that even moving with the technology that goes along with instilling in our brains that we need that newest piece. We need that newest piece of technology because it's going to make our lives that much easier. We do. We need that. We I need that. I need that new iPhone because it's not going to work, or I need that new Galaxy because my phone's eventually not going to work. It's not doing what I need it to do anymore. The battery sucks. You know, you get into that as soon as something new comes along that seems interesting or appealing to you that is speaking to you. Because that's like geocaching advertisements. Man, I'll tell you this. It's one of the most refreshing things, and I, I'm glad I get to do it almost annually, is uh, leave the country for at least a week at a time. Yeah. Like on a mission trip. Uh -huh. And go to, like, Guatemala. Yeah, uh, Salvador. I went. I hung out in Chile for two weeks. That ain't really a great example. Chile's a fairly developed place. In, but, in um, comparison, yeah. But like, I like going to less lesser developed places. And um, man, the experience that you get is like when you're out with the people. Dude, cat, what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, kitty. What are you doing, man? You're like getting all up in the shit. Yeah, he, he's like, I won't be in the middle of it. Dude, I ain't got, we're trying to do the thing. I think, I think all he wants to do is pet him. Yeah. And he'll go away. Okay, let's try it. Yeah. 
Let's try that. Hey, kitty. Intention. Those cats, I mean, they're, uh, you know, they're, mm. um, as far as attention span, very short. Right? Yeah. I hope. He'll get tired of us petting him soon and go away, yeah. I think he's purring. He's getting into it. <laughs> oh, shit. Look at him. He's looking for it now. Yeah, and now he's coming I think, for it. I think we started a fire. Yeah. Billy Joe, this... we didn't start it. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Oh, shit. Yeah, I can't But, see man, that. That, there's something about it, like, um, when you get out there and you're around a lot of people who are not so heavily influenced by technology, like, it's hard for me, like, when I go to bigger cities and you're walking downtown and you're just walking the streets and just experiencing the city and you look out and, like, I think, like, Jack White and some of these guys hit it right. It's like, dude, I was sitting out on the patio in this restaurant and everyone was so involved in their phone that they forgot that there was so much around them to experience. Or think about Bill Street. I mean, anybody, a lot of people relate to that. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool place. Yeah. It's, a, it's an experience. I mean, it's famous. Let's just not say they're just anywhere, man. I mean, we could be downtown Columbus or just anywhere. It's like... It's um, like Church Street in Orlando, you know? Yeah. It was, people's going to be on the phone. Everywhere. Yeah. Dude, I've gotten where now when I go out, I don't even take my phone with me most of the time. Try not to, man. Try not to. Because I'd rather, I, like, let's say me and you are going out. As long as I don't have any kind of emergency that I could see happening that I couldn't get back to in enough time to get to my phone, I'm probably not going to take it with me anymore. Because I would, I would rather sit here and talk to you than uh, sit there and stare at my phone and me, you be talking and me just kind of look up from to your conversation every now and then. And that's the thing, like where I'm going with this with like off the deep end is like, man... We're distracted. We're so distracted from the phones, dude, from this shit going on over here. We don't have enough time to actually interact like face-to-face. And that's why everything, I think everything is collapsing around us is because we're so self-involved. We're not looking at a bigger picture. It's all about, well, I need to do this. I need to go and do that. I have to deal with this. I'm going to deal with that. Well, check out what I'm doing. It's not, hey, I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to... Yeah. Or I'm going to hang out with my friends. Here's a picture of me and all my friends. Look, hey, check out the grill. We got some food on there. Yeah. You know, that's cool if you want to chronicle stuff like that. It's not my thing, though, you know? That's something I tried to, like, make into it, though, man. Because, like, just trying to do media is, like, something I'm getting into now. It's, like... Every day I want to share it with you and artists that we've had on the show. Yeah. And like I want to promote like what Porch Talk has done. And like I also want to celebrate what these artists have done. But at the same time, man, like I, I'm like you. as like, man, they're all doing the same thing that I am. Just trying to get it. It's just, just what they're into. Yeah. Whether it's into themselves or into the grill or into being out on a nice boat or whatever it is yeah. you're doing. We're, uh, anything else to add on the aliens before we go? So, what we've come, what we've come up with is who is Edward Snowden to say whether or not aliens exist? We're not discrediting him. Not at all. The things he did was amazing in his realm. Aliens are not in his realm. And there's so, there's so much fucking proof, dude, that says Yes. They're right, like Roswell, 1957. Mm-hmm. Dude, UFO crash all over the place. Roswell, New Mexico. There's a museum with alien memorabilia in it. So, Edward Snowden is not the deciding factor in aliens for me. Okay. Well said. He's a good dude, but damn, I mean... Stick to communication. Stick stick to your realm, buddy. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, Edward Snowden. Okay. All right. We're taking this thing to the next level. Near-death experience. Man, near-death experience is weird. I like to tell people I think I'm a cat. Nine lives. Because I'm pretty sure I've, I've taken three of them away. I'd almost be willing to bet dimes and donuts I've died three times. 
All right, so you got six left. Yeah. I hope not. I'm, I hope I'm done, dude. I mean, I've had some shit. <laughs> it's been some shit. Like, it, like... People say I've had near-death experiences. That's cool. And I'm like... Um, okay. What were yours? Well, this one time I was driving down the road and this car pulled out in front of me. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, you could have possibly died then. I'm, I'm with them. I'm like thinking of like coulda, shoulda, wouldas. We're talking about the real deal. Yeah, no, I'm talking about like could have died. Let's break it down. So, we'll go with the first death. First death. I was, uh... In a car accident, yeah, I had allegedly been drinking, right? Allegedly, allegedly, and uh, I hit a car, ping ponged off of that car into another car, pushing the first car I hit into a porch. Oh my lord! I was going sixty-five miles an hour. Down 3rd Avenue. Mercy. Yeah. And my life flashed before my eyes. I imagine so. So break this down. How, how did that... How did it start? Man, when when I've allegedly been drinking, I get this, uh, like, bulletproof mentality. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I get this bulletproof mentality and I do these reckless things. Like, I'm kind of like a daredevil when I've allegedly been drinking in a way, I guess you could say. Because I try and drive, like, I tell myself, let's see how fast I can drive down this stretch of road. Drunk. Allegedly. Mm, mm, mm. And then these are, you know... I caused this, so I don't like to think about something I caused as a near-death experience. But it is, because, dude, I was, like, inches away from death. I didn't even go to the hospital. There's a theme, man. There's a theme we're going to hear through these stories. Okay. So that one, you know, they take me in. I have to spend the night down in the county. That one wasn't as bad. That's the first. That's breaking you in. Second one is another car accident. This one, I'm driving in my car and I see the speed limit sign. And I say, I say to myself, I bet I can double it. That's not a good idea, bro. I know, I know this now. I figured this out now. What's crazy is like if it's 35, going 70 and 35 is never cool. No, that's not cool. And I, you know, that is just recklessness on my behalf. Because sure. I'm asking for trouble right then. Yes, at that moment. Yeah, you have you have put away driving safely. You're like, fuck everybody else. This is my shit. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. That's your life at that point. Well, I did that. I regret it now. Well, I thought I was farther down the road than I was. And uh, I hopped the first set of railroad tracks. Oh, shit. I was in the car, up in the air, flying. I get hit in the back of the head. By the headrest? No, by something in my car. And I come back, too, and everything's just floating around me in the car. Has you flipped? The, no. The only thing... I can think was I was just sitting there hovering, zero gravity, because I was too fat to flip. Like I was in a tiny car. Uh-huh. I was in a Hyundai Veloster. This is a day Luana, mother. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think I weighed too much for the car to actually flip. Okay. So I'm just hovering in the air, and I come around and I'm backwards when I land. How is that even possible? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. So I'm riding backwards in the car. I was just going straight in. And I'm like, only thing I can do is hold my wheel straight. I'm fucked. I can't hit the brakes. I can't hit the gas. 
Okay, nothing. I'm just going backwards down the road right. in a car and drive. Right. Right. From the momentum. Yeah. Of me going that fast down that road. And so what makes this a near-death experience is... The flip was around, and I go back, and I go up the hill, and I, the car gets stopped by this tree in this lady's yard. I'm pinned in between her front porch and her tree. I done tore up her concrete and everything. And when I went back in the seat, mm -hmm. I went back so hard that I actually broke the seat. Oh, man. And I hit the tree so hard that it pushed the seat back up into the steering wheel. Jeez. Yeah. Dude. I've got a story. Now I, I don't know. Like let's let's define this. Because I think like we said earlier that a lot of people say they had a near death experience, but really, break this down for me. Like how near to death does one have to feel? Like, cause like near to death to people feels different for different people. You're right. You know, you don't, I can show you the, the, this could be an anxiety thing. Yeah. Like Dude, I've got a friend. He is, he's a, he's a musician. He's a musician. And it is, I love to go watch his show. I've seen him like seven times now. In every show, like when I when I go in, he's getting set up, and he's at you know at the bar or whatever venue, and like he sees me walking, he'll walk up there. He's like, hey, hey man, hey, 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 um, I'll talk to you um, after we do the sound check, okay? And I was like, calm down, man. Yeah, calm down, dude. You know, and I'll go over to the bar and like place my order, and like I'll sit down and you know have a meal and drink. And he'll come over there. He's like, "How's that? How's everything going, man? Like, I'm I'm really excited to be playing here tonight, man. I can't. I just I can barely believe it. I was like, if you don't calm down, I don't know how you're gonna play. Yeah. But dude, he is so magic. Yeah. Like when he gets up to play, like you can like completely erase. It's like, you know those things like you like do a wipe off. Yeah. It's like when he steps on stage and when he puts his guitar around his neck. He has the most anxious look. It's almost as if he could drop dead from anxiousness. <laughs> and right when he strums the first chord, the dude is like in the zone. And like his whole countenance changes. It's like, he's here. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> and then after the show, he's like so different. He's like relaxed and he's like cool. And he's like, so man, we were talking earlier and I was like, yeah, we were talking earlier. You were so damn sporadic. I don't know what the fuck you were talking about. Yeah, what were you even doing, man? <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know if you were going to be able to play. And I'm like, so, like, I think the sense of near death, it plays different for people. Yeah. Based on, your, on a lot of different things. Your tolerance of death, I guess. And that's not near death, but I mean, that's like think about dying. Near, think death, about, near death of the artist. Think about having an anxiety attack. Like an and actual that's, anxiety that's attack. That's why I went there. Yeah. Because, I, dude, actual anxiety attacks is almost crippling. Yeah. Like, you'll get the tunnel vision and want to go weak in the knees and almost faint over it. Yeah, no, anxiety. I've never experienced one, man. Dude, it's so I've bad. never experienced one. So but bad. I've been around, like, uh, I had to, had to deal, like, had to be the guy, like, taking it to the hospital, you know? Oh, yeah, no. You yeah. know? And, like, we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on, man. Yeah, there's fucking... Because, like, at the time, we thought it was just dramatic. We yeah. thought she was being dramatic, but it was a real thing. No, happening. no. When, when you can tell, like, somebody being dramatic, as soon as they get the attention that they're looking for from it... That's a cat, by the way. That's not somebody screaming. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> That's a dog. God, God damn it. It's all good, man. I'm sorry about the that. The background of porch talk, man. It's all good. Sorry about the animals, man. It's uh, cool, man. I love animals. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to. But what we were saying, an actual, like, real anxiety attack is crippling. 
like you're crippled by it. And that's in like I said, somebody just being dramatic, as soon as they're getting the attention they want, it'll they'll start calming down. I tell you this, man, this isn't near death, but this is like near that and this brings you uh to the point of gratitude, to a point of thanksgiving, I believe. And if it isn't like you've never been thankful for anything. Like you've completely taken everything for granted. I remember, I could not tell you what caused it, man. I rolled out of bed one morning, just like every other morning. I was 27. I rolled out of bed and immediately dropped to my knees. I couldn't walk. Yeah. My back was messed up. I've been there before. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, it took three days to be able to stand up straight. Like when I had to pee, I literally would crawl to the bathroom. It was it was bad. <laughs> and then like man, the whole time, I mean I was you know, I had a job, I had to Yeah, you had to go I had to tell him something. And, yeah, and I had to call him but like I can't even go to the doctor. Yeah. Like I'm I, I don't know what happened. Got on a nerve or something, I guess. <laughs> it ended up like was like it was a lumbar thing, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, whatever vertebrae offset. What, whatever. But yeah, it, whatever medical stuff. Yeah, but uh, physical therapy and yoga, good to go. Yeah. But, like, that to me, like, was scary enough. Like, the thought of not being able to walk. Dude, and, like, it's just... one of my biggest fears. And just two days ago, or just... Bef- when I laid down to sleep and I woke up and I couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, it was almost like waking up to a new body. You're trying to tear your legs to move, and they won't. The worst one, like the worst near death, though, man, I ever had happened just recently, and we talked about it. We've talked about it, we've hit on it a little. Oh, yeah. But we didn't, we haven't talked about like the actual effects. So I was hanging out with some friends. Yeah. And we were, we were very, very well drunk. And, uh... You might want to wait. Alright. Try again. So, like, I was hanging out with some friends, man, and we were we were super drunk. And this man's wife said that I said some out-of-the-way sort of things to her, right? Oh, yeah. Well... Yeah, that's happened. Then he comes and confronts me about it. Yeah. Are you at his place? No, I'm at his brother's place. Well, that's not, that's even worse. Oh, well, yeah. And uh, he comes and confronts me about it. Well, like I said before, we were drunk. And I was kind of angry at him coming and bothering me with some shit that didn't even happen, you know. Yeah. So we got into a, a fight. Okay. And no, like define fight, man. We got into a fist fight. Right. I punched him a few times. Right. He's trying to get. It had to get broke up. Did it get broke up quick or what happened? Well, no, he was running away from me, trying to get away. And what I didn't know was he was going to get a gun. Oh. Oh. That's when the story changes. Oh. Dude was going to get a gun. So he got away from you. Yeah. And went and got a gun. And I finally caught him. And I go out there and I'm like, dude, I didn't say anything or do any fucking thing. I don't know what your problem is. And he's like, you drink dude, dude with all my wife and all this shit. And I'm like, but I didn't. But now you got in my face, so I push him and tap. Fire. And if you don't, if you've never been shot at before, there's two flashes. One when the cat busts, and one when the bullet comes out of the gun. You've only ever seen that if you've been on the wrong side of the bullet. And sometimes that'll be the last time you see. Dude, it caught me in my inner thigh. The bullet did. 
I am the luckiest dude on the planet. Two inches to the right, would, or two inches to the left, would have got sack. me right straight in the ball sack and I'd have bled out and died. Two inches to the right, hit my femoral artery, I would have bled out and died. I didn't even go to the hospital. Yeah, with nothing but fat, right? Yeah. I didn't even go to the hospital that night when it happened. As soon as he hit me... I remember seeing the wound like as it healed, and like every time you just like, you want to see it? And I was like, no. And you showed it to me, and I was like, it's healing good. Yeah, it's healing. It's well, healing good. I, I, didn't, I didn't actually start showing it to people until it started healing good. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking sick, man. Because <laughs> it went through a hard time of feeling... Like feeling like like healing was the worst. It like the the inner side because it got infected. Like the entry side got infected, and all that. None of that. Man, this is. Uh, go ahead. None of that really matters. What matters, man, is like I said. Life changing experiences happen when you least expect it, right? Yeah. And I had one, and it changed my complete perspective on life, right? Okay. With a substance. And I saw past our veil. Here we go. Off the deep end, so to speak. I saw past that veil, and it made me real complacent. It made me real just lethargic to our world and its beauty. Right? Sure. And he shoots me. And I tell him, dude, just let me go to sleep. I'm fine. Well, in that time when I was sleeping, looking back at it now, and even looking back at my thoughts then, in my sleep, I was so close to dying. Man. I was like, you know, people say, oh, I'm right on death's No, no, no. I've seen death's door. I've knocked on the door. I could I probably did die in that bed a little bit. Something brought me back, though, and it changed. Like, I told you that there's nothing but strings. I, I remember, like, immediately after me and you talked, and you were like, everything has changed. Everything's changed. Everything has changed. The way I look at things. You know, the way I, I value things. I saw I saw through everything. I saw through our world and I saw these strings. And it I almost started being an atheist. I completely left everything I ever thought behind. And I'm like, man, this is nothing. None of this shit matters. None of it's important. And then I got shot. Looking back at it now, all those thoughts that were running through my head is like, I never thought in any of my days would I be able to say I got shot. Or I would, would I have to tell somebody yeah. that I got shot? Yeah. Would I, would I have to say, well, I've been shot. <laughs> but one thing that happened in being shot is I saw... But this shit actually does matter. This shit actually matters. Yes. <laughs> it, it does. There's something... There's something in control that's higher than us. Yeah, man. Like, the deepest deep end that we could go is the ripple that we create in this life. The ripple matters. Absolutely, the ripple matters. And if you don't believe it, you are a product of something. And be like, I'm not a product of anything. No matter where you come from, no matter your lifestyle, maybe you're this trust fund baby who is the college student right now who lives in this dope apartment in downtown, wherever, and is just living your best life and really living it up and having a great time. Not really worrying about what it costs. Down to somebody who is listening to the show because, well, they didn't pay 
last month's phone bill, but they got over to switch and like change services and they're somehow able to keep the same number and they really don't know where they're going to sleep the next night. Yeah. Like, however you're listening and like, that's, that's America. That's the landscape. Black, white, red, yellow, white, however. Whatever you want, man. However you want, however you want to paint this image. That's where we are. Near death, dude, when I was sitting there, I was laying there in the hospital bed and I was talking to the nurses and stuff. You know, I was cracking jokes because, you know, I crack jokes and I'm a funny guy. That's, that's what I do. Sure. And I was talking to the doctor that was pulling the mushroom bullet out from below my ass cheek. Damn. I'm like, I bet, I bet this is a... Uh, this is nothing in comparison to some. I actually wound up getting a pretty new doctor. He's like, no. This one's this one's about the worst one I've had to deal with as I was, you know, like having to hold my ball sack up where he could dig in my leg. Mercy. Um Yeah, it's it's a life changing experience. Like this I thought this world was nothing. Thought it was just some strings, man. And then I had that shit happen. And I, when I walked out of that hospital, I mean, I was fucking completely loopy on painkillers, <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's, that's where I was going. It's like, no matter where you are with that, yeah. is there's going to be a realization one day, hopefully, that uh, what you're doing is whether... How good it looks. Like, trust one baby. Got it made or trying to park. Just trying to get by. It's like you're eventually going to have this experience, hopefully. Yeah. To where something's going to be like, the whole way I'm perceiving reality is a whole lot different than what is conveyed. And that there is something else. There is something else, dude. And I've seen it. I'm still here today because... That's something else got something for me. Yeah. And we're not here to inform. No. Or to provoke or to encourage. It's just uh, a matter of fact and a matter of life. It's life, dude. It's life. Everybody's got shit that they're dealing with. Everybody does. Yeah, man. And if you're dealing with your shit on your own... Be so much easier if you just ask for a little help. Yeah. With dealing with life and all of its implications and all the ugliness and all the loveliness is uh, the higher authority. Whatever it is that you think it may be. Maybe, maybe it's nothing. But I guess the landscape that we painted is like uh, I think we've both kind of been proven that there is Definitely something more. There's something else. And there's something else behind this life. We, I, you know, we, I, think, I think we've talked about tasks before. And uh, I think our, our whole, like our, our person as a whole, whether it be us or something else, like our brain has a task that is here to complete. Yeah, man. Like, I'm, yeah, absolutely. But, and everyone does. Everybody, no, everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the thing about it is, like, um, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I'll get behind that. Uh, I do, man. Like, um, do, don't what, what, I, what I give authority to over my life says it. Yeah. And so with that is some were made for darkness. Yeah. And some were made for good. Well, I also look at that like, you remember Johnny Cash, dude, historically quoted on saying, why you wear black all the time? Yeah. Kind of look like you're going to a funeral. What if I am? Yeah. You know? And that, that I, I kind of take that in with everything. You know, I'm, I keep this dark around. You see all my, all the skulls and 
skeletons and stuff hanging around, dude. It's I keep all that stuff around, I guess, to keep me remembering how close to death we are. I'm telling you, man. It's a thing. Yeah, I think it's fun. Like we're just hopping out of Halloween, and we're all um, we all got our pennies in a huge wad, and we all had a great time just celebrating horror for an entire month. Yeah, dude, it was great. No, I love it. And a lot of us are like hung over about it. Yeah, like I've been watching a lot of comedy stuff. I, I immediately fell to that. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I've been watching a lot like of I, comedy I went stuff. Billy Madison and I went yeah. like Happy Gilmore and Waterboy. You you're surrounding yourself with all that dark, man. You gotta. And you had to pick yourself back you up, pick right? Pick yourself out of it, yeah. Yeah, and so, man, like, I, I believe that. But I, I believe that, um, you know, that we all have purpose. And that purpose. We lose it a lot of times. I think a lot of times it's because we get scared of it. I know that's happened to me, dude. I swear I know that shit's happened it's to happened me. It's happened to me twice, man. Like you, I know I gotta do something. I know I gotta do this. And I'm just like, but then I have to do this. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And then I have to do this. And God, I just, I, I just don't, I can't commit to that right now. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of commitment. And I think also a lot of times it's a bit of, Dude, there's no way. Like, I'm not capable yeah. of Yeah, me? That. Me? Do that? No. Yeah, yeah no, I've like, seen it. Yeah, I, was like, I can't do this. Yeah, I'm not doing no. No, I don't think I'd be mistaken with somebody else. But, I mean, what's crazy is, like, the moment that you step out. And you actually do it, dude. It's so rewarding. Yeah, and, like, every tool that you needed that was accessible is there, and it's more than you ever thought it would be. You are right on that. When you really, when you, when you finally say, you know what, I've got, I've got to do it this time. I've got to do it this time. And then you, you step out there and you do it. The reward, dude, so much more. It is that way. Well, man, just we've stepped off the deep end, and like that's like off the deep end of some kind of a faith. There is a faith that's got a deeper end than we know of. And so, like what we highlighted in the month of October and especially during the last part with our Halloween episodes yeah was like fear fear man and that the opposite of fear was faith and so anxiety and all the bad things land in fear yeah and now we're reflecting in November on something opposite of which which is faith yeah no and I see dude that because you got to have balance. There's balance here. Like we were talking about out there on the patio. With every good, there has to be bad. That's right. And when you accept the bad, if you keep accepting the bad and not... It's poison. Accepting the good, you're not living a life of balance yeah. at that point. And that I think you know going through all the horror because there is bad stigma on some horror movies, man. Like, yeah, like the Exorcist had people vomiting absolutely in in the seventies in theaters, man. Absolutely, because there was like the fifth world or fifth dimensional beings, demons or whatever you want to call them involved in that movie. And that's that's another thing. It's like if you want to invite that into your world and if you want to accept that. But you fail to accept the other. You can't. It's not. It's not possible. If you're that, willing to that say is, that's impossible logic. Yeah. That's what makes. That's insanity. <laughs> yeah. That is the absolute definition of insanity. That is insanity. And so what openly needs to happen is like I accept this, yeah. but I don't accept that, and so I do not believe in this. Then you can't believe in the, the other side. If you, if you know you got you can't have one without the other. That's it. And that's, that is the appropriation of culture and that is like where we are right now. It's like, it's crazy to me. Like, the value system that we create, that we carry and we appropriate to this is um, we, we linger further and further away from this thing in logic. I philosophy trying to thought. 
Well, if you if you're going through logic, every 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 example of logic, you always look at both sides. You gotta look at your pros and cons to have logical thought. That's right. So good and bad. And you test so them, man. Every like every hypotenuse and theory. Everything, every situation you go into, you look at good and bad. So how can you say, well, this is the you know looking in the dark force. You, if you look into it all the time and you don't ever look away. That's all you see. That's what you surround your life with. So if you have right. a negative presence and you're surrounding your life with nothing but negativity and darkness, that's your life. If you sprinkle in goodness, some goodness, you don't even have to do a lot. Just sprinkle it in. Shit. And you're sprinkling in a goodness plants that seed. We, we can got, close it. We got an episode. We got to find some kind of way to close it. Should it you really should have We should have Anything been. else to add or subtract? Man, what we found is... Kitty. Is that we got a lot of kitties around the here. Kitties around everywhere. And they all need some loving. Ponyo is my favorite. That's Ponyo. Uh, yeah, he's, he's dope. He's a spotted little dude. He's got the flop ears. He does have flop ears. Makes him better. <laughs> yeah. I'm for it. And if you look at it like... Oh, shit. Uh, what am I trying to say? We should have just left it with the damn cat. <laughs> and it's the cat. The cat's dope. Flop ears cats are the best. And uh, it's been another episode of Porch Talk. We're getting out of here. All right. <laughs> Later, guys. I'm Big John. I'm going to give you three Lance Arms. And I give this thing five because I'm doing the editorial. That's five out of five. Five out of five ain't bad. It's all the way. Out of here. Later, Peace homies. Out, man. Well, all right. News and notes. It's been another episode of Porch Talk. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to. Follow it, subscribe, if it be Spotify, YouTube. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, the whole gist on how this episode is going to end is simple. It's how we ended. Distracted. And so the very first song the intro is Brother Ford by Brad Armstrong off of his album I Got No Place Remembers Me. And we're going to close this bad little kitty out with a song by Taylor Hollinsworth called Distracted. I'm getting on out of the way. Peace out.